What's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals out to, can't even say it, it's a live Q&A today. I actually have a message for you, and my goal is to make sure I get some more messages out here. Um, there has been a pressing on my heart um, to really bring clarity unto a lot of things that the remnant of God will, will struggle with or the remnant of God will have questions about. Um, and to really help you guys grow and nurture. Now, there's going to be some things I'm going to get back to, like the Q&As, the barely mentioned podcasts, all different things. But when there's a message like this at the positive of my heart, I know that I have to be a representative of God to make sure that people have the clarity that they need in the things that they engage in and the things they listen to, the things they um, are a part of. And that's what today's message is about. What's going on, everybody? So I'm going to give you guys and gals an opportunity to come into the live feed. Um, it's a message, so I may have time later for a Q&A, but bear with me. Um, if you're watching this a little bit later, I want to say thank you to all the people who watch online, the people who listen on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. I want to say thank you all so much for listening. Oh, thank you so much, y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. I pray these messages are a blessing to you. The resources are building you up in your most holy faith uh, and helping and having and increasing your hunger and thirst after God. So for those who's watching live, do me a big favor and share this broadcast. I have a lot of notes on the topic of secular versus uh, sacred music. Um, uh, my heart has been pressed over the last three weeks of, of the responses that I have received um, or I have watched and seen throughout the public. And um, I feel emboldened to make sure that um, as a representative and ambassador of God, to make sure that we really systematically and critically think on matters to make sure that we don't become distracted and not pursue what God wants us to pursue. So let me go to the chat side, just say hello to some good friends, um, those who follow me frequently. And if this is your first time and you like, whoa, I like the energy this guy has, I feel the Holy Spirit working through him. Feel free to subscribe, join our community here online. And I would love uh, to be a tool that God used to help you grow in the things of God. But don't don't just take my word for it. Everything that I say, make sure you go to scripture about it. Make sure you go to God about it, because I am not absent from being fact checked. I'm not absent or removed from being challenged. Uh, so uh, now if you're trying to try me on here, I don't got time for that. But what I mean by if you feel something that unease with your spirit, trust me. Make sure you take everything that I say and every any video I've done, take it back to God. Take with the Holy Spirit and learn how to go to the word of God for yourself so that you will be able to discern what's real and what's fake. So, hey, what's up, everybody? Let's go to the chat box. Dove Gray, what's going on? Fla favorite, not flavored one. <laughs> favorite one, blessings to you. India Love, what's going on? Tanisha Stewart, what's going on? Life with Carrie, what's going on? DJ Kella, hey, how you doing? Kira Pryor, what's going on? Vicky, Vicky, what's going on? Um, Love your post in Ville. Thank you, Nika. My apologies. Christian Girl, hello, Ms. Please forgive me for, hey, how you doing? Sweet Pete, good evening, coach. No man know the day, that's right. Y'all in, no man, no woman know the day or the hour when I'm going to post a video. Uh, what's going on, Rodeo Jordan? Uh, Shanique, uh, <clears throat> Shanique Lewis, Kimberly Wins, what's going on? Uh, this was definitely God. I've been listening back to R&B lately, but I know I need to get back to all Christian men. Any advice, coach? Oh, I got plenty coming for you, Jake, so make sure you stay tuned. Jennifer, what's going on? Uh, Ryan, hey, coach, I listen to some secular music. Is it wrong? I just like the beats. We're going to get to that. That's real. I've been watching your videos. Thank you so much. Hey, coach, what's up? What's up? Let's get right into it because your questions are going to be in today's discussion, and um, let's get into it. The three scriptures that I'm going to make sure that I anchor and root myself and today are going to be Philippians 4, 8 through 9, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, and the one I just got, uh, Colossians 
um, 3, 12 through 16. I'm going to read those briefly, pray, and I'm going to get to my points. Philippians 4, 8 through 9 says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Number two, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So, what, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And the last scripture that I'm going to use today, Lord willing, depending on where he guides me, is Colossians 3, 12 through 16. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Music there. No, I'm just joking. But and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you are called in one body and be thankful. Verse 16 is what I want to get to. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's get right. Let's pray. Get some points. And let's grow together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity you've given me to give your people um, the word that you have given me. I pray, Father God, as an ambassador of yours, that I won't waver, that I'll be strictly uh, aligned to what you have uh, uh, given me to do. And I pray, Lord, that the words that I speak will be accurate according to your word. And I pray, Lord, that wisdom and instruction and, and a challenge will be implemented for us to be better believers and better followers of you, helping us to stay faithful and understanding this war that we live in. Heavenly Father, like I always say, if you're not speaking through me, I'm wasting these great people's time. So I pray you speak through me today like you never have before. And then we pray. Amen. So for those in the chat, please forgive me. I'm not going to go there too much unless unless I catch buzzwords. Um, but um, um, but follow with me as we grow. Um, the goal. My goal this evening is to help deepen your devotion and deepen your discernment. These are two things, your devotion and your discernment. Now, but before I get into that, let me make sure you understand from me. Um, secular music was something uh, I never really, oh, I did indulge in, don't get me wrong, but I indulged in it in vulnerable reasons. Like, um, that's why I talk about how I never want to talk about something as if I was above it or as if I never experienced it. But my experiences by me being an intellectual and me being a critical thinker and a person that really gathers intel for, from experience, I began to really observe just how music had an effect on me. Like the music that I was engaged to the most were music that was um, uh, uh, entrepreneurial, uh, go get it, uh, uh, get that money, get that bag, like things that kind of got me in a frame of mind. And when I realized that I was utilizing music to get me in a frame of mind to determine my my flow and what I, what I fixed my eyes on, I began to see the demonic intrusions and in how my activity and my ambition did not align with the glory of God, but aligned with my own ambition. Now, I'm gonna get into that a little bit later, but let me go through some definitions of secular and sacred, and let's get down to the meat of what I wanna discuss so that we can gain the clarity that we need to move forward. And everything with the with everything we're going to talk about is what you're saying about churches and all that kind of stuff. All right, let's get to a secular by definition. Secular by definition is denoting or indicating attributes, I mean, not attributes, attitudes, activities, or other things that have no religious or spiritual basis or root. Secular means 
anything that indicates an attitude or activities. Two key words, attitude and activities. Attitude and activities. Keep that in your mind. In, anything that indicates or denotes attitudes or activities or other things that have no religious or spiritual basis or root. Root determines the quality of fruit. That's not a part of the definition. That's what I had there. Root determines the quality of the fruit. Attitudes and activities. Let's go to the definition of sacred. Sacred by definition. Because what I do not want this message to be is opinion-based. I want to get sift all the way down um, to definitions so that even the babes, even young believers can really begin to mentally process what it is that I'm saying. So I do not want to be, uh, uh, y'all shouldn't do this. No, no, no. I'm a teacher. My goal is to systematically break things down so that you can critically think on your own and come to a spiritual conclusion that will bring life change. You see what I'm saying? So that's what I'm doing here. So secular by definition is anything that indicates attitudes, activities, or other things that have no religious, let me make sure I circle that word because that's a trigger word, religious or spiritual base. That's why I put spiritual basis or root. Root determines the quality of fruit. Now let's get right into sacred. Sacred by definition is, is uh, things connected, connected, okay, here we go, connected with God or dedicated to a religious purpose, let's check that, and so deserving uh, reverence, honor, or respect. A sacred thing is something that is connected with God or dedicated to a religious purpose and so and so deserving veneration is what the uh, definition gave. Or in other words, reverence, honor, or respect. Now let's get to the word religious. Uh, my point here, religious, relating to or manifesting faith Faithful devotion to an acknowledged ultimate reality or deity. That's what religious is. Religious by definition is anything relating to or relating to, relating to God or manifesting, manifesting, building up, expressing faithful devotion to an acknowledged ultimate reality or deity. That's just a second definition of religious. Now, let's get some points here. And I didn't really want to take too much time to break those down because I know you guys are smart enough to process that on your own. Now, Religion has gotten bad press amongst people, but pure and undefiled religion still matters. What they want to systematically do is to make you throw away the word religion, to throw away the word religious. But these words have more definitions. Just because people attribute a definition to a word doesn't erase its original definition. So what they want you to think is, I have a relationship with God out with religion, out with anything that pertains to now. Don't get me wrong. Religion has gotten a bad press, but we're going to go to what the word of God says about pure and undefiled religion. And that should give you the parameters in order to engage in a relationship with God. Any relationship without boundaries is destined to end. So what they want to do systematically is warp your worldview about the word religion so that you can throw out the structure for your relationship with God. Every relationship, including yours with God, demands structure. When I got married, I said my vows to my wife. Those vows expressed before her, before the man of God, and before the people express my boundaries that I'm setting for myself in order for my relationship to grow. Any marriage without structure, any marriage without standards is destined to fail. Now, let's keep going. James 1.27 says, religion that is pure, hear me, 
Religion that is pure and undefiled before God. Keyword religion. Where's my pen? There we go. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. To visit the orphans or widows and their affliction. That's part one. And to keep. And to keep oneself unstained. Some text says unspotted. Unstained from the world. So you mean to tell me that God still has a standard about religion, that he says we should be productive into making sure that we take care of those that are weak, like orphans and widows. And number two, he says another form of pure undefiled religion is to make sure that we keep ourselves unstained. Now, what are the type of things you can write this in the comments? You can write this in the thing. It's a class. What are things that stains people? If this is the religion that God wants us to go by, it's interesting how they want to get rid of the terminology of religion to make people too busy, too caught up in themselves to read for themselves. And so when people don't read for themselves and really see what is the fight over the word religion, then we'll miss out on what James 1.27 says and to keep oneself. To keep means I got to do work. I got, I'm responsible. It says to keep oneself. That means I have to be alert, disciplined, discerning to keep myself unstained, stained, infiltrated, influenced by, um, um, dirtied by the world. What is staining you? You can say all day, we can say all day that I got a relationship with God, but what quality? Everybody has a relationship with God because the Bible says in him that we live, move, and have our being. Some of us have a good, some of us have a poor, and some of us have a bad, and some of us have a non-existent relationship with God. But either way, there's a relationship there, and there has to be framework over our lives to ensure that we become and remain unstained. So the definition, again, says uh, um, a sacred, connected with God, or dedicated to a religious purpose, and so deserving reverence, honor, respect. And we talked about how religion or religious words have been stained, uh, um, um, stained. Now, don't get me wrong. The institutionalized way of religion has brought that uh, um, part in, in, in the body where people just want to stay away from. But we have to make sure we still um, allow. Thank you. Stains can be sexual, immoral, pride, selfish, unforgiveness. Jealousy is another one. There's a lot of things that cause us to be stained. And a lot of those things are rooted in a lot of the things that we entertain ourselves by. Now, lack of faith. Good. Let's keep going. Question. My question for tonight. Simply. I wish my parents taught me things so I would have ended up. I know. But we, but God is gracious. He got you here and he's utilizing people like myself by his grace to help you. Now, the question for tonight is simply, simply this. What would Jesus listen to? Anytime I even think about a song, anytime I even engage, I would always ask myself, what would Jesus listen to, watch or hang out with? And a lot of people say, well, Jesus ate with sinners. No, Jesus did not find the sinners to eat with. The sinners came looking for him to eat with him. See, people look at that, well, you know, but, but uh, well, I got to be with these people. It's interesting how these popular Christian individuals um, take pictures with celebrities and call them ministry, but those individuals will take pictures with you and, and put on their social media platforms how this person's impacting their life. So, and I'm going to get to that. My problem is not 
well, let's get to the problem and then we'll get into a little bit more of my thoughts. Well, I only like to say my thoughts, but the things that I've critically processed myself um, anchored in God's word to help us all grow. I'm glad you're touching on this subject. We now have secular rappers standing, in my opinion, oh, that's true. And I'm going to get to the demonic work of it and the tool that music is not a problem. Hear me closely. The problem, many believers are not devoted to God enough or disciplined or disciple, sorry, or discipled at the level they need to, to truly discern, decide, or determine for themselves musically. Many believers are not devoted to God enough or discipled at the level they need to, to truly on their own, discern, decide, or determine for themselves musically. Music is too powerful not to audit it, and our souls are too important not to protect it. You hear me? Many believers and people are not devoted to God enough, meaning their relationship with God. If we let's let's be honest, this is an honest channel. Many of us we boast of a level of a relationship with God that is non-existent. We act like our relationship is on a 10, but it's actually at a two. Many of us, we think that we're devoted to God, but we're just Christian by checking the box. We're talking about deep devotion, deep crying out the deep. You see what I'm saying? Like deep devotion to God where he becomes a part of you. I mean, you become him, him become you, and y'all become one where you're able to discern at a higher level, even the deceptive delicacies of the, of the devil. You see what I'm saying? We're talking about devotion or discipled at the level. I heard a young man, I'm not going to say names because that's not my that's not my thing, but I was listening to a live broadcast where the individual was saying that that certain songs should be based on the person's um um uh uh, dis, uh conviction level or should be based on them. And I said, "Well, no, in my opinion, I think that if it falls on the gatekeepers, there are a lot of people who are giving clearances to people to listen to certain things and they will be judged according to that." See, the devil has creeped into the hearts of men and women to either have them subtly compromised because of the champions they celebrate, or these people have been cashed out. There are certain people who have been blackmailed, cashed out, bought out, and are pre and pushing an agenda that is deceptively destroying the, the spiritual nature of an, of an individual, making them carnal. Or you got the subcategory of the people who have championed these false prophets, prophets or championed these individuals who have been hired men, championing these individuals, which caused them to compromise and play music and, and give illusions and playing the beats, even in their Instagram stories, playing beats in their, and try, why, why are we, why are we connecting a uh, secular beats with, 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 with a holy or sacred message? And people understand the vibrations and the, and the science behind music and music's power on the mind. So even if you say, well, the words are not there, the, the music in of itself still has a demonic power to it, to the point of altering minds. The studies have proven that when they put plants in the atmosphere of certain songs, that those that the vibration of the music either stifled the growth of the plant or it accelerated the growth of the plant, all based upon the music. Even other scientists went to words that the music in one scientific experience either accelerated 
or damage the effects of, of the plant or the words that was even just taped on the glass controlled the way. Because you don't understand that when a person walks by glass and reads the word, that word affects the cellular structure of a plant. If the words of of, mute, of people and the, and the vibrations of music can affect the cellular development of a plant, what do you think it does to us? So even as a as a preacher out there, you put in uh, Kendrick Lamar, you put in J. Cole, you put in holes. And I'm not talking about these individuals, I don't know them personally. But when you put anything that doesn't connect to God or religious person or gives reverence or honor to him, it's going to affect us. Thank you. Subliminal music is demonic. They don't care about coming to you blatantly. The devil is a punk. He comes strategically and subtly to destroy your, your psychological understanding of things and the, to affect your growth. That's why we got to get to a place where we begin to examine fruit. I'm not here to be popular. I'm not here to be famous. My goal is to give you the truth. And when I watched throughout the Bible's lineages, those who spoke truth wasn't highly popularized, wasn't highly exalted, but the Pharisees and the people of the day, the false people were exalted because they wanted to keep the people entrapped. Thank you for asking that question. When I come, oh, I got points on Christian music, the difference between the two. Now let's keep going. Many believers are not devoted to God enough or discipled at the level they need to, to on their own truly discern, decide, or determine for themselves musically. Music is too powerful to not audit it, and our souls are too important not to protect it. What I mean by that is the gentleman on the live said, that people should decide on their own. And I began to pose the question that most believers are not devoted to God enough or discipled at the level enough to discern on their own. Discernment is a part of maturity. Discernment is a part of discipline. Discernment is a part of discipleship. Discernment is part of devotion. Most people are just uh, give me information and I go along with it. Most people are right now are not critical in their thinking enough to determine on their own. The devil loves that. People and I heard someone say um, they'll use scripts out of context. And I said, how many people would not even go to the Bible for themselves? And because this person is popular, they take their word for it versus going to the word for themselves to find out what the word of God says about what they saying contradicts itself about the text. We got to get to a place where we critically discern everything because our devotion is to God and fulfilling our purpose, period. The Bible says those who... Um, Soldiers do not entangle themselves with civilian affairs because their hope and their, their goal is to uh, please the one that enlisted them. You see what I'm saying? So what that means is I can't be caught up in what the world is doing because I'm here to please God. Let's keep going because I don't want to steer away from my premise and the points that I want to exude today. Now, next point, emotional attachments to music due to, oh, their emotional attachments come due to music due to emotional wounds and needs for emotional pursuit. I got these four V's um, that are important. I don't know how I'm going to use these, but these came while I was taking a nap. So basically, um, there's vulnerabilities, there's voice, there's vibrations, there's volume. Now, this point here is that be very careful what you are emotionally attached to, right? Because a lot of people are emotionally attached to music because of emotional wounds Emotional, I'm gonna get to all those questions. We're gonna get some questions after this. Emotional wounds or emotional pursuits. I was in the, I was guilty of both. Um, I remember when I went to Nigeria. I, I can remember the artist. I was listening to what's his name? Oh my goodness, I ain't listened to him since then. 
What Neo, Neo, when Neo was the pen was nice back when PO had words. What was the songs I I can, I can remember that was the soundtrack of my season. The enemy wants us to have soundtracks to our seasons because then that would be the governing uh, vibe, the govern, governing vibration, the governing mood for that season. Every uh, down season or happy season, there was a soundtrack that I listened to. When I'm in book mode, when I'm in uh, getting that, getting, getting, uh, pursuing entrepreneurial endeavor mode, there's a soundtrack for. When it comes to engaging and growing in God and devotion and, and worship, there's a soundtrack for that. Be very careful what you put on the soundtrack for your season. You see what I'm saying? And so what happens is when we are emotionally wounded, we reach out for music. Now, before I get there, I have some notes here. There are four things that surrounds music, right? Biblically, right? Um, uh, or things that you have to think about when it comes to music, when I did my research, the service for essence. And I know I'm going a lot of different ways, but walk with me. The service of the music, the style of the music, the script of the music, and the standards for music. Service, style, script, standard. Before we entertain anything, we must understand these four things. Now, the word of God talks about these five things that music was used scripturally for the service of. Music was used for worship in the Bible. Music was used to help uh, unwind. Uh, music was used to warn. Music was used for war. Music was used to welcome, right? There's five things music was used in the word of God for so that people won't get so caught up on on music is just for worship. Don't get me wrong. We're going to get we're going to get very uh, tactical about this. Right. Because we want to understand what the word of God used music for. Now, a lot of scriptures and Psalms used music and worship. I think it was Psalms 4 one, some other scriptures where David was using song or music for worship. Uh, Saul, 1 Samuel 16, 14 to 23, David used music. God used David through music to help Saul unwind. Uh, Nehemiah 420, man, where's my scripture for that? Well, where the music was used to warn, warn people. Uh, Judges 7, 16 to 22, music was used for war to surprise the enemy. Um, the Bible talks about Ephesians 5, 19, to welcome each other with songs, hymns, and music. You see what I'm saying? So worship, unwind, warn, war, and welcome is what music was used for biblically. So when you look at service, music had multiple services. It, it used for us to connect with God, to help us unwind people. I, heard, I saw someone question, someone put in here about how they utilize music to help them feel good and bring peace. Uh, music was used to warn, war, etc. Now, the style of music, we have to make sure you want to get caught up because there's camps that says, well, this style of music is the ultimate pure music. There's there, So we can't get so caught up in style. There are certain styles that have been perverted. but the service of the music and the style of the music does not compare to the script of the music, the actual lyrics and the actual sound of the music. When you get systematic with it and you look at the lyrics, you got to begin to compare those lyrics to the standard of God. The standard is finally, brother, whatever is true. They, the Bible talks about Philippians 4, 8 through 9, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent 
worthy of praise. Think about these different things. If these are the pillars of standards that we should always keep our mind on, then we should not allow anything to infiltrate us to make us think below those different levels. We have to have a standard in what we engage in to make sure I'm not going to allow anything in my soul that is not uh, just, that is not true, that is not honorable, that is not lovely. And even if, if things are in the song that is true, I got to make sure that it's the ultimate truth and to make sure it is not causing me to waver in my own understanding, in my own thoughts, in my own opinions, and or get me into sexual engagements, to get me into violence, to get me into selfish ambition. See, see we make excuses for our music because we want, we want to uh, uh, fulfill what we want to fulfill, and we need certain tools to help us fulfill it. And music is one of those things that does it. I'm going to get to your questions real soon. Bear with me. You see what I'm saying? All right, let's keep going. All music has a message. All music has a message and an agenda. Music affects the mind, emotion, will, and our words. Mind, let me keep going. I'm gonna make sure I look at these things. All music has a message and agenda. Music affects the mind, emotions, will, and our words. That is, that is, that is, we don't, we don't even gotta go deep on that. We all know that. How music, how words, how entertainment affects our mind, our perspective, the way we think, that affects our emotions, our, our unpaced zeal, our unguarded by wisdom pursuits, our will, what we willing, we, what we will ourselves to do, and our words. That's what the enemy wants. He wants our words. Um, yeah, this way, hey, I'm going to get to that. This is what Jesus, look, bro, just follow with me now. Just follow with me. We're going to talk about what Jesus will listen to, so bear with me. Let's keep going. Music has a way of infiltrating our minds without permission, and if allowed, affect our lives. Music has a way of infiltrating our minds. You can go to a store right now, and the words will infiltrate your mind, and then you will just naturally either sing that. See, now, now we got to take you out, but let me, let me address you, because what we're not going to have. It's disrespect on my channel. What we not? What we not gonna have? So let me answer your question, so then I can block you. I'm gonna answer your question. What would you listen to? Anything that would glorify him. So if you're gonna come on this chat and you want to engage, we can engage. But what we're not gonna tolerate is this. Okay. So let's keep going. If you cool, we cool. But if not, we will block you. All right. So let's keep going. Don't don't affect when I'm in this river because I don't I don't have time for that. Music has a way of infiltrating our minds without permission. If allowed, affect our lives or our will. All music, all music has an agenda, it has an author, it has an artist, it has arrangement of words, and let's keep going with there. No matter what, all message has an agenda. It has an agenda. What's the, let me get you out of here, bro. Let me get you out of here, bro. Let me get you out of here. Yeah, let me get you out of here. Get you out of here, bro. Let's keep going. Music has an agenda, an agenda. What is the agenda of the music? Before you, like, so what I want to get to real quickly, where we talked about how music is too powerful not to audit it and our souls are too important not to protect it. Anything we allow in our souls, we have to audit. You see what I'm saying? We have to audit it. We have to listen. This ain't this ain't for people. Who, I mean, we got to understand just how addictive music can be. And it's going to be difficult for a lot of us to let it go because of how it served us. But we have made these these music tools to soak in in condemnation, to soak in guilt, to soak in shame or to soak in carnal uh, um, um, or 
selfish ambitions and it, and we have become addicted to them that we don't want to let them go. But you have to because it's damaging and warping your frame of mind and keeping you from guarding it, keeping you from, from protecting yourself. Music is powerful. Music will creep in. Music will affect the way you think from a, it will affect who you are from a cellular standpoint. And you can do the research on your own. Please do the research on your own. How, how words and how uh, uh, sonically music can affect you at, at the vibrational level cellularly causing you to be weak and causing you to be affected. The devil is using any and everything he can to warp us and he uses music. So study the power of words, study the power of sonically, uh, how sonically music can affect you at the cellular level uh, when it comes to plants and how artists strategically do this for the effort of you becoming addicted to it to the point to where there are songs and music right now that when you are in a state of life, you go back to and that 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 artist now utilizes that agenda to psychologically uh, uh, cause you to become addicted to it, that it brings goosebumps, that it brings you such levels of elation that call and it has creeped in even into the church. Let's keep going. All music has an agenda. What is the music's agenda? Your soul is too important not to audit. I, and the reason why we want music because we don't like silence. You see what I'm saying? We don't like silence. We want to uh, uh, crowd our space with music to keep us from addressing what we need to address. But all music has an agenda. All music has an author. All music has an artist. And all music have an arrangement of words. What is the agenda of the song? Who is the author of the song? Who's the artist of the song? And what are the arrangement of words? Now, you see, I put two words that you may think are the same thing. We talked about author and artist. Keyword, author and artist, right? So when you look at the two, every song has an author and an artist. Some of us will look at the artist and be like, oh, that's a great artist. No, who's the author of that artist? What spiritual entity is the author, is the author of the content? Who is the true author of the content? When you find the true author of the content, you will know the content's agenda. Many people are not willing to cipher through to the authorship of the song, so they fall in love with the artist. The devil loves using a uh, uh, a uh, physical impression. That's why celebrity has creeped into Christendom and has weakened most believers, making the church unstable. Oh, that, no, I don't say the church itself. Making uh, bodies of people not able to withstand the pressure of the devil because they fall in love with these off with these musicians and not audit the authorship or the author behind the musician. Right, causing people um to be distracted. Who's the author? Let's keep going. And arrangement of words. Now let's get to the next point. I put here labels help. And also in that video, let me let me uh get this joke out of here too. I ain't got time. I'm trying to help people. I'm trying to help people. I'm trying to help people. All right. Labels help. The gentleman also talked about labels and how we shouldn't put labels now. Um, when I go to the grocery store, labels matter for me. Right now, um, probably all of us, a big portion of us are gluten sensitive, right? 
And so it's important for me to read labels because of, of my dietary uh, demands. You see what I'm saying? So when I go to a grocery store, I have to look for labels. I, I look to see, is this organic? Is this certified grass fed? Is this gluten-free? Labels matter. The reason why uh, people want labels to be based on you is because most people are not even committed to the labels that God wants us to go by. Now, when I go to the grocery store, I look for these labels because I don't want to purchase something that's going to uh, affect my digestion. It's going to affect my mood. So I look at labels. I turn to the back and I look at the labels. I look at how much sodium is in it. I look at its content. Not only do I look at the blatant labels to see, oh, okay, keyword, buzzwords, organic, gluten-free. Now I go to the other labels to make sure, okay, how much sodium is in here? How many nutrients? Labels matter. So when it comes to secular and sacred, people get offended because they want their music so bad that they don't want us to, as believers, as a church, to put labels. That's why the Jesus in the word um, admonished us to examine people's fruit, to know their fruit, to be discerning. Even the, the Bereans, no matter what the apostles said to them, they took what the apostles said back home and studied for themselves. You got to make sure before I ingest or digest anything, I'm going to check the labels. I blame this not on the believers to, to a degree. I don't want to put blame on you guys uh, to a degree. Because some of y'all may be babes, some of y'all may have been brainwashed or whatever, but the blame is on the gatekeepers, the individuals that are giving clearances. That's why my next point is um, disclaimer. There are Christian songs that are just as bad for you, if not worse than secular music. Disclaimer. There are Christian songs that are just as bad for you, if not worse than secular music. Now, what do you mean by that, Josh? We're not just talking about we, 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 we got to the definition of the word secular and sacred, right? So when we get to the definition, we can then look at Christian music and say, okay, what music over here? If I get rid of music that's blatantly not glorifying God, let me go over here into the Christian music to see, does this even glorify God? In order for you to know the differences in all music, whether labeled Christian or labeled with a uh, secular, you got to look at um, compare it scripturally. You see what I'm saying? Scripturally. What does the word of God say about it? Because a lot of these Christian artists are, are not who they say they are. You don't think that the devil doesn't understand the mantra or the idea of if you can't beat them, join them, that the devil hasn't creeped in and got into these musicians and put musicians in place that were never with God from the beginning. There's two types of people. They were never with God from the beginning or they were with God and they were have compromised and been blackmailed. Now they're being used to confuse. Either way, you got to go by your by the spirit of God that's in you. Thank you. Holy Spirit check. That's the way you check music. There are certain artists I won't listen to anymore. They, and they, they call themselves Christian. And, and, and then what hurt me was when one of the top Christian rappers did a video. You can look at it for yourself because it's, it's, it's when he's um, it's on, on YouTube. He talked about secular and sacred. And I was shocked that this individual who was and I, and I, and I love the artist. I, I, I really do. And I don't know these guys personally. I'm going off fruit. The gentleman was interviewing a producer. Producer talking about how this producer worked with worked with secular artists, big time people whose music didn't even go with the things of God. And then the producer and then the, uh, the, the artist began to um, um, talk about how um, y'all got to watch for yourself. I don't even want to put people's names out there. But basically what the gentleman was saying was he was a youth pastor and he was still doing music for these artists. Listen, let me tell you something. There's a difference between ministry and um, ministry and maintenance. 
Who am I talking about? I'm just gonna put it out there. I love the brother. Let me give preference. Now nah, I don't put names out there. Just type in secular versus sacred, and you'll see for yourself. So I have nothing. I don't know these people. I just go off what they said. Okay. But what I don't want to do in this type of platform say names and it be misconstrued because I don't know the individual. I'm just going off the fruit of what they said. So go to Google, type in secular versus sacred. You'll see for yourself. Now, the end. Um. There's a difference between ministry and maintenance. And, and this artist um, or artists who do music with secular people or people not glorifying God in their work indeed, right? Now, there's a difference between ministry and maintenance, right? Maintenance, I don't need a Christian plumber to do plumbing. I don't need a Christian um, um, maintenance man to do maintenance on my house. But when it comes to doing ministry, I got to have Bible-believing uh equal believing individuals when I'm doing ministry. So even if you're a youth pastor, even if you're in ministry, but you're using um, the, the celebrity of another person or you're working for the development of something that is going to deteriorate the minds of individuals and confuse others, you are just as guilty as that artist because you are supporting them. So we got to get to a place of what is our goal in life? What is our goal? Is our goal to be entertained or to set the captives free? Is our goal to live a life that's a beacon of hope and life for others or to be tainted and messed up with the world? And these individuals are giving clearances out here, destroying the minds of people. And what we got to get to a place where we say, God, I want you. I'm going to keep my temple clean. I'm going to purify, wash my hands. I'm going to make sure I stay uh, uh, unspotted and unstained from the world and free to be used by you. The devil, I mean, not the devil, God cannot use a person that is devilish. God cannot use a person to clean something when they keep dirtying in themselves. Why is God going to use you? God will never use you to do maintenance for, to do support for, or to try to freeze as friendship with the world's enmity with God. When you want to befriend the world so bad to the point to where you unfriend God, you are no use. And don't get, that's why I want you guys to discern my fruit, every preacher's fruit, and to look at them, look at their clothing, look at their posts, look at what they do, and you will begin to see what their focus and their goal are. Every preacher that uses secular music in their marketing strategies are confused. That is not the way God wants you to use those things because you're confusing the people. Stop confusing the people and you will be judged by that. Because I don't, I don't know if you're doing it for real or you're doing it whatever, but you got to make sure you separate it. They, the world should be coming to us. They came to Jesus. Jesus didn't go to them. Jesus was walking by villages, walking to villages, and people followed him. People taking pictures, talking about, I'm with this person. That secular person, that person in the world, wherever they are in their walk with God, ain't posting on their pages. We got to get to a place of holiness where we say, God, hey, I'm staying unspotted. I'm staying separated from the world and I'm used by you. And if you get so caught up on mainstream uh, Christian media, you will find yourself warped. Hey, take God's word for it for yourself. There are Christian songs that are just as bad for you, if not worse. If not worse, meaning I rather... Know that the music is bad, then to be confused on what I think is good. Meaning, music in the Christian realm 
that does not focus you on Jesus, that does not bring change and renewing the mind of repentance, that doesn't renew your mind in the righteousness of who you are and, and doesn't circle around and swim within the context of the word of God. There's certain things right now, you can even tell by the tone of the music, the homophobic tone to it, the uh, the amb selfish ambition tone to it, the confusing tone to it. If you got discernment, you can tell the tone of the music and the spirit behind the person just by the symbols that they use, the, the colors they use their video, you can see it. But if you're blinded and you depend on this system, you ain't going to be able to see it. We must know more scripture than song lyrics. That's how you're going to be able to determine what songs are for you and what songs are not for you. It's by the lyrics. Through the lyrics, this, oh, the, the, um, know the scripture. We must know more scripture than song lyrics. What are the words saying? What is the sound doing? Is the, is, what is what, do you not know that sounds make certain it triggers certain parts of your body? Do research for yourself on those things because I'm not I don't have time to get deep into that. Now my next point is this: my favorite artist of all time is this person. Let me tell you who my favorite artist is. My favorite artist of all time is the Holy Spirit. If he didn't pin it, I'm not listening. If he didn't write it, I'm not inviting it. The, my favorite artist is the Holy Spirit. If he didn't write it, if I don't feel like it's right, I don't care if he has a Christian label. If if I don't feel that, the, see, when you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you'll know what he fellowships with. When you fellowship with the, with the Holy Spirit, you'll know what he authored. You'll know what he wrote. And you'll listen to a song and it'll be a Christian artist or it'll be a, a secular artist, whoever, but, the, but the, you won't... But it, it won't bear witness with your spirit. It won't bear witness with the spirit of God. That's why I'm telling y'all, increase your fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Let him renew your mind. Let him break the shackles so that you will begin to trust um, um, uh, what he offered. My favorite artist is the Holy Spirit. If he didn't write it, I'm not inviting it. If he did not pen it, I'm not listening. You see what I'm saying? That's right. That's what it begins with. I'm not here to give you five, 15, 20 steps. I'm sitting there getting you to a place where you have an honest conversation with the Holy Spirit and let him lead and guide you into all truth. And don't get caught up in, well, people should know this for themselves. No, most people are not devoted to God or discipled at the level they need to, to be able to determine, discern for themselves. That's why the missing piece to all of this under Christendom's title is discipleship. The Bible never said go and make believers of people. He said go and make disciples. People stopped at believer but haven't become disciples. God didn't say go and make believers. So what we do, evangelize. Oh, six people came to Christ today. These many people believe in God today, but have you discipled them? Don't go out there and, and speak, I don't know what I mean by this, that we got to go to the greater level, which is discipleship. What do you think of T.D. Jakes? He's mainstreaming. When it comes to names, I only, only all I want you to do, because you know what I tell about people? They're still alive. And I'm going to do a video on judging, on how Christians are supposed to judge. People say don't judge, but the Bible said there is a righteous judge. There's a righteous way to judge. So I'm going to go down to these confusing statements that have been masqueraded throughout uh, a culture that we have been confused by. There is a righteous judgment, right? But when it comes to individuals, I don't want to tell you who are wolves or whatever. I want, I'd rather, if I teach you how to discern a wolf, you, if I could teach you how to notice a wolf, you won't need me to tell you who a wolf is. My goal is not to tell you who wolves are because I could, but, but, but I'm, there's a, there's a principle that I go by. If I don't know you, 
I can't, I can't really say much about you until I get to know you, until I know your story. Now, when it comes to people that I disciple, when it comes to so when it comes to let me give y'all some ministry ethics. When it comes to this right here, uh oh. Uh oh, my battery's dying. Give me one second. Um, give me one second, y'all. Can't have the computer dying. All right. So when it comes to naming people, I don't know them enough to name them. You see what I'm saying? I don't know what God is doing in their life right now. But if I teach you how to examine fruit, if I can teach you how to spot a wolf, and that's why I'm going to do some other videos on um, how to properly judge, um, how to uh, discern fruit or examine fruit so that you can have uh, your own practices of how to determine. Because if you start putting names out there, then you are missed out or you cannot really be used um, to help win them if God wants you to win them. That's why I don't say names because God could very well use me to reach them. Now, what was I saying? That's why I don't say names. But anyway, so when it comes to T.D. Jakes, um, early on in my life, I used to love listening to T.D. Jakes. Um, but, um, but examine fruit. Just examine fruit and the fruit will tell you what to do. It's that simple. simple. All right, let's keep going. Um, my favorite artist is the Holy Spirit. Simple as that. He's my favorite artist. Everything boils down to the fellowship with the Spirit of God that was paid, that a high price was paid for us to have. It's crazy how the number one thing that God has given us, a hefty price was paid for, and we don't even engage with the gift the Holy Spirit's job is to do two things, to point you to Jesus and to lead and guide you into all truth wherever there is lies in your life. There's a big difference between talent and anointing. I want to make sure I put this here. Don't get so caught up on the runs. How do you examine fruit? Oh, man, I, I, how do you examine fruit? Okay, I have my notes on this um, that I've been processing to kind of help you guys. Hmm. I got I to gotta answer that question because hmm, you will know them by their fruit. Um, it's hard. It's hard. Farmers know fruit better than consumers. Farmers know fruit more better, better, not more better. Good Lord. The farmers know fruit better than consumers. The more you spend time with the farmer who is God, the more time you fellowship with the farmer, you will begin to see the quality of the fruit. Like when I used to go to the grocery store with my mom and my grandma back in the day, they would tell me how to squeeze the cantaloupe, how um, to, 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 to check the fruit to see if it's ripe or not. To, he, she, she will show me how to look at a fruit to know when it's not good or, or she will talk me, talk me later on in life the difference between something the size of an organic fruit and the size of a, of a genetically modified fruit. And and when you begin to be around a farmer, you will begin to spot the quality of the fruit. Now, it's hard for fruit not to give clues on, on its content. So when you look at a preacher's or a person's, this is how you examine fruit. Examine their words. Examine the tone of their words. Examine their actions. The greatest, the greatest 
thing that God allowed was social media. You can go to an artist page right now and look at and look at how they respond to comments. Look, look how they what how often they post, how what body parts they show, um, um, the the tone of their voice when they speak. Is it a selfish tone? Is it a self glorifying tone? Um, um, you can tell by the words they speak by taking their words, take writing their words down and comparing it with scripture. The, the number one tactic to use to examine fruit is number one, does it line up with the word of God, period? Does it or does it not line up with the word of God? If it doesn't, then you got to um, then you got to be like, yo, I don't know about this. So look at the compare it with the word of God. Look at how they look at their lifestyle. Look at how they engage with the world. All those things are different buzzwords. Now, when I get to that video about that, I will talk about how to systematically and what fruit to observe because there's two types of people. There's three types of people out there, right? There's the false prophet. There's a person who, uh, um, there's the false prophet. There are people who uh, champion the false prophets unaware. And there's people who actually are uh, doing the words work purely, right? All three of them are imperfect. So don't get so caught up on idolizing the preacher. Just make sure, like I told the kids, I said, like my pastor, it doesn't matter how good he cooks a meal on Sundays or Wednesdays. You got to take those ingredients yourself and learn how to cook it for yourself at home so that you'll know. Because if you keep uh, trying to be breastfed by the pastor, you won't be able to know how to hold your own fork and spoon. You won't be able to know how to eat for yourself. And so what I mean by that, it doesn't matter if you got a good preacher. It doesn't matter if you got a bad preacher. What It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what preacher you have. You got to know your ultimate preacher was the Holy Ghost. So please be on the lookout for that video. And because that was a question, I would, I would, I would, based on what the Holy Spirit wants me to do, I'll get to that question uh, in video form because I'm in teaching mode now. I feel like God wants me to teach a little bit more to help us all. Now, talent versus anointing. When it comes to music, we get so caught up on talent that we forget about anointing. We mix the two. Anointing is focus. Anointing is, um, let me make sure I make this plain. Um, you, we are anointed. That means we're 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 called to do a thing. We're called to do a thing. Anointing has kind of two ways to look at it, and I'll I'll break it down a little bit more. But just walk with me. Anointing. I'm anointed to preach to God. I'm anointed. God called me. I increase in anointing. I increase in fervor. I increase in power based upon my focus within what I was anointed to do. There you go. Anointed is like being favored in a way. God has favored me, appointed me, anointed me. Like when, think about this, think about this, think about this. When the prophet came to David to anoint him as king, he was anointed king, but wasn't king yet. He was anointed to be king, but wasn't king yet. And even if you study David, even though he was anointed to be king by God, he did not increase his anointing for he got caught up in sin that deteriorated his anointing to a degree or his assignment that caused catastrophic uh, ruin in his family. You see what I'm saying? Good, another word, good word right there, chosen. So you can be anointed, but it is our responsibility to continue on in that anointing so that our families won't be destroyed. How do you know if you're anointed? You anointed when you know for a fact that you're called to a particular thing and the thing that you're called particularly to was 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 engrafted in, in within your DNA, was engrafted in, in the makeup of who you are. Like like words. I'm anointed with words. Words is I can I can I can write books. I can speak. I can encourage. I can disciple. And so words is my weapon of choice. Right. God's weapon of choice for me. Words. So with words. 
I have to, to increase in my anointing, I got to make sure I respect the words that I speak and I got to respect the, the people whose words I'm giving it to because God, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, um, reverence of God. That's why the Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of, of all wisdom. The more I fear God, the more I walk wisely. You see what I'm saying? So with people who are talented, we think, oh, that, that run gave me chills. The way he played the keys gave me chills. The way she sung that song gave me chills. The way <clears throat> we can't get caught up in talent. We got to be able to say, is it anointing? Talent cannot destroy yokes. Anointing is the, oh, there you go. Emotionalized experiences. Why do you think these churches call them experiences? I don't want an experience. I want an encounter. What they want you to get caught. That's why I say, be very leery of churches that does not make an opportunity for you to be prayed for, for you to get demons cast out of you, for you to get spiritual help. The turnaround times for these churches are so fast that all they care about is the is the uh, consumerizing or or causing people to come in, but you're not delivering them. All these churches in these cities and the devil is still running rampant. Why? Because we're distracted. We have become carnalized, <laughs> not colonized, carnalized. And we're not talking about carnalized, carnalized. You see what I'm saying? So if we keep getting in this carnal state of mind, everything's about me. Everything's about me feeling good. Oh, my preacher listened to Hove. Oh, my preacher listened to this person. So I guess, okay, now I don't care what your preacher is doing. You got to guard your own soul. You got to exercise your own salvation with fear and trembling. You see what I'm saying? Thank you. Most of these churches are commercial. They care about the bottom line. The, the secret sensitive mu movement is decaying before our eyes right now. And the person who started it, let me, let, me not, let me not get into, let me not get into that. But what I'm trying to say is this mainstream way of building believers will be proven five to 10 years from now, bearing no fruit, but causing great casualties. Okay. Anointing is when a person is focused. They're focusing a devotion. What they do, what they say is the residue of their time with God. Anything you do is residue, right? And But where's that residue coming from? The residue must come from my devotion. You can tell when a man or woman of God is on fire for God because they're, they're speaking from the residue of their relationship with God. But if you if you're preaching off a of talent, you may get them shouting, you may get them moving, you may even bring tears to their eyes, but the yoke ain't destroyed. Talent doesn't destroy the yoke, anointing does. Just because you anointed to do it doesn't mean you have been increased in the anointing. Could your anointing be outdated? Could your anointing have been expired? Don't you want to become a fresh and anew? You become a fresh and anew by your fellowship with the Father and the Spirit that He gave it to you. So we can't get so caught up on, on, on the uh, archaic anointing of a person just because in 96 they did this and 05 they did this or two years they did it. Are they increasing in it? That's why if you really utilize the Holy Spirit, you could be able to look at an artist and go to their first two albums. And I bet you a lot of worship people, their first two albums were anointed. Powerful. Chains broken. Arms lifted. There was an anointing on that song. But check their fifth album. Check their fourth album. Check their seventh album. The enemy 
sees the flame of a person and his ultimate objective through his demons, through his culture, through his society is to quench that fire because the anointing destroys the yoke, not talent. I don't care how talented a person is. The Holy Spirit will let you know if they're increasing in their anointing. Questions you have to ask yourself, and I'm about to ask y'all guys' questions, your guys and gals' questions. Questions you have to ask yourself about music. Why do you like this music? These are honest questions you have to ask yourself. Why do I like this music? When did your attachment to this music occur? Does your go-to playlist or songs honor and glorify God? Number four, what do you listen to when sad, happy, idle, etc.? and why? That's key. What do you listen to when sad? What do you listen to when you're happy? What do you listen to while you're idle? Don't just let music play to occupy idle space. Just because there's idle time, still watch what you allow to, to, to be in the climate of your, of your life. Number five, what do you spend more time with, your music or the word of God? Number six, what screams for the assistance of, mu- of, the music, of music the most? Your spirit or your soul. There we go. What screams for the assistance of music the most, your spirit or your soul? The spirit is looking for scripture in the music. The spirit of God is looking for the authenticity of the spirit of God in the music. Or is your soul crying for the music? Music is almost like uh, an addiction. Like when you're in a soulish place, you got to stay out of your soulish realm. You got to make sure your soul has been worked on and, and built up and linked up under the spirit of God that has occupied your spirit so that your body can come in line as well. Right. So that your spirit will cry out for hunger and thirst after God's rights, hunger and thirst after the pure, um, the pureness of the word of God to strengthen you for the spiritual assignment, not the soulish assignment, the spiritual assignment. And that's why, like you're saying, music is very addictive. Music is very addictive and it's addictive on purpose because of its um, connection to the brain, to the mind and et cetera. And that's your research on that. Number seven, who all played a role in the making of the song? Producer, writer, et cetera. Go down to who was involved in the production of the song. Who all was, you got to understand, the things of God would not be accepted by the world. It doesn't because the light is too bright. Number one, why do you like this music? Number two, when did your attachment to this music occur? Did it, when was, when? Because most of our attachments came when we were either emotionally wounded or emotionally ambitious. Number three, does your go-to playlist of songs honor and glorify God? Number four, what do you listen to when sad, happy, idle, etc.? And why? 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 The greatest questions of all time begins with why. Okay. Number five, what do you spend more time with your music or the word of God? Music cannot replace the word of God. Well, I mean, listening to this Christian music and this, no, 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 get to the word of God. So you'll begin to deepen yourself in discernment to determine what you should allow in your temple. You should care about your soul so much that you are alert and attentive of what you allow in it. Um, Number six, what screams for the assistance of the music the most? Your spirit or soul? Your soul's assignment or your spirit's assignment? Your soul's assignment must be the assignment of your spirit, and that's the spirit of God. Number seven, who all played a role in the making of this song? Producer, writer, etc. Go, I don't care. Who assisted this? Who is the producer? What? Who have they produced for? I can't trust if you work for the devil. Sorry. I can't trust you if you help the devil in his mission. If you are producing songs for people whose words, whose life is not glorified God, you're wrong. There's no way. I heard that man said, I'm a youth pastor. I'd explain. Nah, listen, there's going to be a cost to follow Christ. 
Listen, I don't care how much money they give you. Don't don't I don't care how I don't care how good you are. Now, if you want to change a, 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 a secular person's, if you're a good plumber, then be a good plumber. If you doing maintenance on a person's life, do maintenance. Doing the devil's work is not discipleship. Oh, I'm in the room of the person. So God can, God don't need you to do work for them to reach them. You should be such a good, uh, a, a person so sound and so in sync with God that God will bring them to you. I ain't looking to save nobody. What I mean by that, I'm not trying to brown nose the people and get up on it. No, no. These people that God has called me to reach, God will bring them to me. So anybody who's producing, writing for, assisting people who in that music you're producing for, songs do not glorify God, you're wrong. If you're listening to music and you're making excuses for it, listen, I don't care if you're listening to these dope lyricists to sharpen your lyrical ability. You don't listen to them because the Holy Spirit is the most lyrical of them all. You don't need to listen to somebody to increase your talent in the secular world. Go to the Spirit of God. That's why I don't watch preachers because I don't want to sound like nobody. I don't listen to nobody. Only only person I really listen to is my pastor. That's who God put me under. And number two, apologetics people because I'm trying to sharpen my apologetics. But when it comes to preachers, I can't listen to them because I go to the greatest preacher of all time. And he makes me who I am and speak how I speak according to how he wants me to speak. We got to get right, period. This ain't trying to make nobody feel bad. It's to get us to get to a place out of feelings and get to the facts of things. My final thoughts. And then I'm going to answer you guys and gals questions. Okay. Final thoughts. What should we listen to? What the Holy Spirit authored. Simple as that. What should we listen to? What the Holy Spirit authored. The Holy Spirit let you know I wrote that. And you're feeling your spirit. I'm going to get to your question. Give me one second. How do you know what he wrote? By comparing it to scripture and to simply ask what the real Jesus will listen to. Jesus is not going to listen to anything that, that defiles. Jesus ain't going to listen to anything that's carnal. We got to get to a place where we simply ask the question, would Jesus listen to this? And the Holy Spirit will let you know. Number three, does all music have to be Christ-centered? No, but it must be biblically based and beneficial to the believer's growth and pursuit of God. And what I mean by Christ in it, not all songs have to have 15 expressions of Jesus, right? Or 15 expressions of Christ, but it has to be Christ-centered. And what I mean by that Christ-centered, biblically centered, where it has components of the word of God and it points you to Christ. Now, what I mean by that is, um, by comparing it to scriptures, let me ask yourself, ask what the real Jesus listed is. True, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable. Does all music have to be Christ-centered? Uh, I'm erase that. I'm erase that because... I, I, if I can't teach it to you right now, um, I am erase that. Don't even take that. Everything, all music has to be Christ centered. To the Christ centered is biblical centered. So if it has, it has to glorify God. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, I think that's all my points. Oh, the scriptures. First Corinthians ten thirty one says, "Don't ban you. I ain't gonna ban you, fam." I ain't going to ban If you really want it, listen, I got you. So, uh, I'm not going to ban you. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you're trying um, to, and I don't, I don't mind questions. I really don't mind questions. Um, I, don't, I mind the tone and the agenda of a question. If you're here to cause confusion in the chat box, that kind of thing, then that's when I got to let you go. Um, oh, so what, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, period. Do all glory. There we go. I see what you're saying. Um, 
Let me read this one more scripture. Let the word of uh, uh, Colossians 3, 16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Everything has to be 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 by him, through him, etc. You see what I'm saying? Now, let's get to your questions. I was wondering the same, Taylor H. Taylor H., what about during celebration, weddings, all these systems apply where you can't help but be around? Oh, Cassie saying, um, guard yourself. This is what I do. If I know I'm going into a place where music is going to be playing, I simply ask the Holy Spirit to guard me. You have that authority. You have that right. You have that power. This is what you do. When you're in your car and you know they're going to be playing um, the wobble, you know they're going to play lecture slide, just say, Holy Spirit, protect my spirit, my soul. Protect me as I go in here. Keep me guarded from, from the effects of this music. And I'm here as long as you want me in here. You see what I'm saying? So what I do is I, I, I only stay at a place as long as the Holy Spirit wants me. You see what I'm saying? And so the Holy Spirit will, um, he will guard you and protect you so the music won't affect you because he will do that. Um, uh, but don't stay there longer than what you're supposed to. Every place you go to, you have an assignment for Make sure that you loving, make sure you humble, make sure you meek, make sure you caring. Don't be judgmental. What I mean by judgmental, don't be going there. Y'all need to turn this off. Mm -mm. Let the Holy Spirit guard you and you'll walk in there like the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire and you won't be burnt. All right. Uh, I missed a little bit of the live, but can we ask? Yeah. Ask, uh, ask any questions or is it just, you know me, you can ask whatever you want. It's perfectly fine. I got about um, 15 minutes and I'm gone. Um, so ask whatever questions is fine. Uh, okay, so starting off with Taylor, I'm going down. So get your question. I'm going down from where Taylor was. All right, I was wondering the same. Okay, good question. Good question, Taylor. I hope that helped. Holy Spirit will guard you. Stay there for as long as you the Holy Spirit wants you to and get out and uh, and keep moving. If the church you go to does not minister to the congregation during the service time, should you still go? Thank good question. I'm bringing clarity. Go where God tells you to go. Period. Period. But if you're in a church and you don't know if you didn't really consult God, if you should go there, you should be um, thinking about that. You should be really ask. Everybody should ask God tonight. Let's make it real plain. Oh, y'all asking questions. Let's make it real plain. Go to God tonight and say, God, is this the church you want me at? Simple as that. Is this the church you want me at? Holy Spirit, I believe that you will give me the answer within the next week. Today's Sunday. You can say, Holy Spirit, I believe that you will give me the answer by this by by Saturday evening. And the Holy Spirit will let you know God ain't trying to hold in certain things God withhold from us because of our hearts. Now, if you're if but answers like this, God ain't gonna withhold from you. If you genuinely want to be where He wants you to be, He'll let you know by Saturday by 6 p.m. I believe He will. By Saturday, 6 p.m., He'll let you know the church you're going to, the church you're supposed to be at. But you gotta think about. What is the purpose of the church? 
the churches to build, to edify. Uh, he gave us ministry gifts. He gave us those gifts, do certain things to edify the body. Um, he gave He gave us uh, um, the body to um, to cast demons out, to bring healing, all that kind of stuff. If if there is no altar at your church, think twice. If, if the church has quick turnarounds and people can't really be ministered to, think twice. If there's no discipleship elements or no growth opportunities there, we're not talking about small groups. I got my opinions about small groups. We're talking about strategically designed discipleship uh, resource building. And you got a question now, or God may, that man of God, that woman of God, that family of God who's leading that church may be genuine, but they may, but God may be sending you there to help with that. You see what I'm saying? So I'm not sitting there saying that if these churches don't have these 10 things, there could be church that's building towards those 10 things. But there are certain things that are top three, top four heavy that you got to really think about to say, OK, is this church about itself or is it about the building of the people? Is the church about its brand or is it about building the believer? That's what you got to process through and become critically thinking. And you will begin to see the blatant fruit in front of you. Be like, wow. There you go. Let's keep going. Coach, you told me before what to do about music, but I'm still. Okay, I, I, I India, when I get you, okay, uh, anyway, struggle because music helps with my anxiety, and my personal struggle. Um, helps with, um, good question. Um, uh, part of this Christian life is struggle, struggling out of things. Either you're struggling in or you're struggling out. Struggling out um, is key here. You have to get to the core of your anxiety. Get to the core of your anxiety. Because what happens is we we treat the symptoms. So we utilize music to treat the symptoms. We utilize the, what's the reason for the anxiety? When you find the reason for the anxiety and deal with that, you have no need for these tools anymore in that manner. Music, food, all these things were never designed to treat the symptoms. If you use these things to treat the symptoms, then you will be dependent on these tools. You have to get to the source of it. Why am I anxious? And it boils down to a lack of clarity. Am I clear on the things of God? Do I have strong faith in these things about God? That's where you get to. So the question is not treating the symptoms or the struggle with it. You got to say, okay, I got to really attack the source of why I'm feeling this way and deal with it accordingly. So that's my answer with you. Why are you anxious? And what does the word of God say about that particular anxiety? And, and what things spiritually are you using to assist you into uh, allowing the words of Christ to dwell in you richly so that so that you can be delivered from the root of that anxiety? So I hope that helped. I just process that with the Holy Spirit and you'll begin to get a little bit deeper on that. Divine 15 says, what does it mean when a person gives thanks to the universe and who do you think they are really referring to? The devil. Um, no matter what, uh, it, there's there's two entities that are referred to in everything, whether it takes 50 people to get to it or one person, either either the devil or is God, period. Jehovah, you see what I'm saying? OG, OG, the original, you know what I'm saying? So when they pray to the universe, they they're, that's, those are tactics because they the universe has no moral standard. The universe has no moral law. God does. So what they do is they want to pray to a being or an entity um, that gives them liberty to be what to live, how they want to live. So they pray to the universe because the universe has no moral standard, has no moral law, has no moral obligation, doesn't have no demand for you uh, or uh, no evidence for you 
um, to change your life, to come to Christ. They don't, they uh, the universe, the universe, the universe, because the universe, who's the universe? What does the universe stand for? What is the, what, what is the standard of the universe? Um, um, but when you talk about a deity, you talking about a person who has a moral, who has a moral, that's why evil proves good. I heard Robert Zacharias do this. That's why I listen to people like him. Um, evil proves good. Evil and good proves as a moral law and a moral law proves as a moral law giver. Every one of us know what's right and wrong. Every one of us, because it was written on our hearts. Therefore, People want to pray to the universe because there's no there's no standards, no expectation there. But when you gotta go to the you not the universe, when you gotta go to the creator of the thing, what does the creator want me to do? Am I in right standing with this creator? Um, what 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 are the rules and guidelines for me as a person in this life? Then that's when you either gotta your pride is exposed. Or you buy, you bend your knee before that deity. You see what I'm saying? So when people, let me get you a funny question. What does it mean when a person gives thanks to the universe? And who do you think they're, they're referring to? A godless entity? Or they're referring, a, well not godless, but they're referring ultimately to the devil. The devil is a lawless one. He wants us to be lawless. So when they're talking to the universe, whether they know it or not, they're, they're talking about the devil. That's the God that they want to follow or their own selves. Devon says, you got any advice for someone aspiring to make music for God one day? No, 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 these things, my brother. Promotion doesn't come from a producer. Promotion doesn't come from a particular artist. Promotion comes from the person of God, for the people of God. When you're doing music for God, it's a holy thing. It's, a, it's an honor. It's crazy how we don't have honor to do things for God. You know why we don't honor the things of God? Because doing things for God don't always give us the cash that we want. So what it is, we actually, the Bible says you can't serve two gods, God and mammon. You're either serving God or you're serving money. If you're doing it, if we really get down to the bottom floor of our lives, that would tell what we're really doing things for. God always checks my heart anytime promotion is looming or anytime opportunity is looming. I he always showed my heart, Josh, are you doing are you going to do this for me? You're going to do this for the money. Doing things for God's going to make you lose out on money. Doing things for God's going to make sure you get the money that he sees fit for you to have. So there's a certain amount of money that God sees fit for you to be steward of that is coming your way whether you whether it's coming I'm going to make sure to take the weather out. That 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 was that's allocated for you. You got to make sure you look at your heart and say, why am I doing this? And am I willing to pay the cost for doing this? Am I willing not to make as much money as this person doing this? And if you are, you're going to find the true joy of doing it. So my advice to you, man, making music for God one day is to do it solely for him. Don't do it for the people. Do it for him. Because if you do it for him, you ultimately do the people uh, the best service. Do it every time I preach. That's why... And no offense to y'all, I don't do this for y'all ultimately. I don't do this for y'all focusedly, if that's a word. I do this for God. What I mean by that, I'm serving you, but I'm serving you because of my honor of God. Check a person's honor for God and you will determine how useful or helpful they'll be to you. If they lack honor for God, their wisdom is carnal. If they hold God to a high esteem, they're going to give you the truth no matter if it costs them it costs them everything because they know who they doing it for. So my real thing for you, man, do it for God. I don't care who try to pull you away. Don't produce music for nobody. You got to, my wife is, is very, I'm just so proud of her. Uh, my, my wife's a model. She models for uh, Kato Belk. She models for, she ain't no, you know, Instagram model. She, she model models like a professional, like big time. Right. And um, she doesn't do no swimsuit. 
She don't do no swimsuit. Now, people who do lingerie and swimsuit modeling make a lot more money. But my wife said from the beginning, I'm not doing that. Do you know how much money she lost not doing that? But do you know how much money she makes in her standard of that? See, what I mean by that is you're going to lose money doing things for God, but you're going to gain a lot doing things for God. Either way, you're going to make money doing things for God the right way. You see what I'm saying? So my wife could be making a lot more money, but because of her standard of love for God and her love for me, she ain't going to be showing her about it. You see what I'm saying? That's not a standard. You're not going to show it. No, she did that before I even met her. So we got to get to a place where we maintain a standard and not devalue ourselves for some coins. God will get the bag to you. God is going to take care of you, but God is not going to give you more than you need to have. Meaning God gives based upon your maturity of stewardship. Meaning he's not going to give you something he knows you're going to be a bad steward of. I'm, someone asked me this. Oh, God, well, did God put this on my heart. I think I heard a preacher say this. But basically, back when I was 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, the question came to me, would you keep doing this for God even if you never make over a million dollars? And I said, and I wrestled with that for a while. And about 25, I said, I don't care how much money I make or don't make. I'm doing this for God because my treasure's in heaven. My big bag, my bag bag, my bag 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 is in heaven. So why am I trying to work for the man's money when I got, mm, mm, I got, I, I'm laying up treasures in heaven. So when I, listen, when I finish my work here and I get up to heaven, oh, my work will be, so I'm saying right now, do it for God, do it for, for, uh, and know that what you're doing is going to give you some earthly reward, but know that your ultimate reward is in heaven. Uh, okay. Dove Grace said, Josh had a question about the Zen music and enlightenment. Uh oh, hold on, let me find you. Let me find you. Let me find you. Let me find you. Okay. It keeps scrolling me down. Give me one second. I'm going to find you. All right, here we go. Dove Gray, Josh had a question about the Zen music and enlightenment. What is it, fam? Let me see if you post it down below. Well, let me not, let me not, let me, because I'm, I'm messing myself up here. Um, but if I see down at the bottom, I'll get to you. Nick Antoine, what's up, fam? It says, what to do if you feel like God left you? God ain't never left you. The presence of God is not about a feeling. It's about facts. The Bible says I'll never leave. The Bible says I never, he, God said I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I don't care what you feel like. What are the facts of the word of God? He said I'll never leave you or forsake you. So what do you do when you feel like God has left you? Realize, renew your mind and realize that he never left you. He never forsaken you and get out of the feeling realm. Get into the factual realm. Get into the faith realm. Feelings will confuse you. And pro you're probably going through a feelings of condemnation of some sort. So when you feel condemnation, you feel like God is distant from you. God said, I, I knew you was going to make this mistake anyway. I'm here. I'm committed to this, but I'm not going to let you stay in this. So, so, so if we want to, if we want to go to a greater place, if we want to really do big things for together, we got to get out of this. So God has never left you. So when you feel, no, the key word in that is feel. What is the facts behind it? Bible, look up all scriptures about God being near the brokenhearted. Look up scriptures about God being with you and write those scriptures down and meditate on that. So your brain, your mind, the mind of Christ, the renewing work of the Holy Spirit will get you to focus on the facts and, the, and behind it. So that when you feel that way, you know, the feelings are not always factual. Good question though, fam. I'm a dancer on a school team and I try my best to squeeze in as many Christian songs that I can. How do I go about this situation? Good question. <sighs> mm. 
let the Holy Spirit um now let me make sure I answer this question because there's a lot of people in situations where they are not um like I, I like when I was in high school, I couldn't quit my basketball team because because the the away team when I play at their school, they playing little John Eastside boys. Like I can't I cannot fulfill my assignment because of the atmosphere, because God sent me in there and he'll protect. There we go. No matter, you just got to make sure you, you are where God wants you. That's all that matters. He'll protect you no matter where you are. If you're on a dance team and they're playing whatever, whatever, uh, um, just say, I'm going to sit out these songs. Simple as that. I only dance to these songs. These are the songs I'm not going to dance to, period. There's a cost. There's a cost. People ain't going to like you. People ain't going to understand it. But people will, res if you respect the standards of God, people will then begin to respect your standards. So what I would say is, this is just a wisdom. If they're playing songs or whatever, say, hey, teacher, whoever, um, based upon my relationship with God, I don't even say religious belief, based upon my relationship with God, I don't feel comfortable dancing with these songs and I will not dance with these songs. But these are only songs I would dance to. If they want to, if they tell you to quit the team, or you can't be on the team. Leave the team. But God, like my wife, she told them I would not do these type of things. And she's been modeling for four or five years. So there are certain staying true what God will show you what you should stay true to. So when you go into a place that I will not dance to these songs, period. If the people around you or the people think don't respect that, then that means they don't respect you. That means they're selfish with their connection with you. Then you bounce. God would then bring you either to create your own team or to be a part of another team that glorifies him. Listen, there's just certain things I will not do. There are certain things I did in ministry that was so carnal when it came to having all these concerts and poetry events. I was wrong. Are those things wrong? No, but they shouldn't supersede the word of God. You see what I'm saying? So, I, so whatever, whatever tools you use to reach people, the same tools you have to use to keep them. So there are certain things I, I would never do in that way again. That plain and simple. And if I lose people, I lost people. If people don't want to flow, it don't matter. I'm going to do what God tells me to do because I know that's what builds up faith. So there's going to be loss doing things in the right way. But you never know what you're gain doing it the right way. They, You may change the whole culture, that thing. See what I'm saying? Bronx in the building. What's up, Adriana? How do you heal the absent father? Oh, I got a video that I'm working on called Daddy Issues. Oh, the effects of fatherlessness. Mm. Oh, I can't wait to give that to you. When the Holy Spirit released me, I can't wait. But let me help you with your question. Now, how do you heal the absent of father? By, by accepting the father that never left. No matter what you've been through, no matter how your father left, how long he's been gone, there was a father that was always there. When your mind begins to renew itself on the father. See, my dad wasn't in my life growing up. Now, no, no, let me make sure plain. My dad was in my, let me, because my dad is good dude. Let me make sure I bring clarity to my relationship to my father. My father did the best that he could at the level that he was on. There were parts in my life where God made sure my dad wasn't there because he was nurturing something in my life to make sure that I don't go the Nigerian way, to go the self-seeking way or whatever. But me and my dad are great to this day. But I, I see why God removed my dad for that period of time. 
and there's no animosity there no more. Now, there were some times where I, but I was young, I didn't understand. But when I grew into maturity and grew in understanding, I began to thank God that my dad wasn't there. But I'm thanking God that God allowed, he, that he rekindled my relationship with my dad so we can go forward. But I had to deal with those father wounds. You see what I'm saying? And the way I dealt with those things was to realize that my true father never left. And then I engaged with him and grew from that. And he healed me in the process. Look up scriptures, like I told the brother other earlier, look up scriptures about God being there, God being a present help in a time of trouble, God not leaving the brokenhearted, being there for the brokenhearted, and marrying them, and let the word of God be the healing balm that heals those fathers' wounds so that you can have the faith to forgive your dad and to go forward despite what your dad did to you. But there's a message coming. I'm going to talk about daddy issues um, and, and the effects of fatherlessness and why this was a strategic tactic by the devil to mess up people. Agape Love says, can you talk about pastors committing suicide in the future for us to learn uh, uh, how we can help? Um, you got to understand there's a lot of pressure on being a man or woman of God. And um, we don't know why these preachers really commit suicide. There's three things that could possibly be, be in play. Either they commit suicide because um, they got so caught up in their work and not God that they lost faith and they killed themselves. Number two, they were killed and suicide was used as a term to blanket what was murdered. They was murdered. Or number three, what was my third option? Anyway, either way, you can't make nobody your celebrity. There's one person that died, that committed suicide, died and rose. That was Jesus. That's the only person that you anchor your life on. Because some of us, we get so caught up in these pastors and when they lose faith, we lose faith. Nah, 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 nah. You are a resource or tool by which God used to edify me as I being faith in him, in Jesus. So what happens is to make sure that we don't fall into the suicidal traps and the, the loss of faith, because that's what the Bible talks about in that day, um, people not be able to endure sound doctrine. The Bible talks about there will be a great falling away and a great falling away will in part be because of pastors who were either hired or, or expired. Pastors who were hired by the devil to confuse the body or pastors who expired in their anointing. And those people, Gonna go, they're going to be in scandals because whatever is done in the dark will come to light. They will be exposed. And then when the exposure happens because they were hired or the exposure was a tactical uh, plot that was from the beginning of the hired uh, 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 contract, meaning I want you to preach for seven to eight years and then we're going to cut. We're going to make it. And so we're going to confuse people. That's why even with all this stuff with Kanye <clears throat> and everything, we as a body have to examine fruit. We love but we don't be not deceived. We got to examine fruit to make sure that we are not being set up to the one world church kind of system. The whole idea where they begin to worship the devil, the antichrist, because you understand we are in play where they are ushering in the type of culture where we as a people will welcome the antichrist and not even be able to spot that it's the antichrist. See what I'm saying? So we got to make sure our faith is in Jesus. So no matter what happens in human form and pastor in our pastors or whatever, that we don't lose faith because our faith is not in how a man lives his life. But our faith is in the one who lived his life and gave his life as a ransom for us to be saved. If a man slash woman is committing adultery, will God still use him as he seeks? Nope. God cannot actively use a person who is in habitual sin. Oh, okay. Let me make sure I read your question over through. That's a good. I got to put that out there. If a man or woman is committing adultery, will God still use him as he seeks God, but still com God cannot use a person who is com still committing a sin. Um, what I mean by committing, we're talking about practicing, like 
I know it's wrong. Like, hmm. I say this humbly um, because I don't want to. What I mean by this is. It's a difference like adultery is. There has to be about five people. Five people in ten, five or ten things or people that comes across your mind before you make a sin. If, like for me, if I still commit a sin and I thought about my wife, I thought about my family, I thought about my how my sisters and my brothers would think if they found out how my niece and nephew, like if I still do it, whoo, step down. God will, God, if you are in sin, step down. Whenever, I, if I'm ever caught in a sin, I know it. The, before it hits public, I'm going to step down. You see what I'm saying? Because I'd rather step down and get help than to think that I'm still anointed enough that God will still use me while I still, God can't use a person practicing sin. If you commit an adult, that, that there's a lack of honor, lack of reverence for God, uh, and that person should be seeking help. But uh, God can use a donkey, but it's, uh, God cannot use a man on behalf of his word who's still committing adultery. Is that the same if I take dance class, jazz, street jazz? I can't control the music that the teacher plays in a dance class. I'm there to learn. Good, 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 good question. Um, God will give you grace. God will give you covering because God, um, that's like saying I can't work in Target. I can't work at Walmart. Or I can't work at a place that plays music while I work. No, God will protect you. That's why before you go into that dance class, Holy Spirit, you sent me here. Cover me while I'm here. Sharpen me while I'm here. And that's what you do. So if you're in a jazz class, you know, you can't control the teacher. Just simple. What I mean with the dancing guy is if I'm dancing and, and, and it's a dance group and we're ministering or whatever, there's just certain songs I would not dance to because I'm in ministry form. If you're in learning form and you're learning technique and you're in a classroom, then you just got to say, you just got to say, Holy Spirit, protect me while I'm here. But everything boils down to Holy Spirit. Did you send me here to learn? And if he did, he'll cover you, he'll protect you, and you'll be good money. You see what I'm saying? And you learn your technique, and you grow from there, and you keep it moving. Um, when it comes to uh, when it comes to performing, you just have to ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will say, "Okay, if because that's a different world." My my niece does dance. My nieces, you know what I'm saying? So I can't really, so so because that's a different that's a different world. You see what I'm saying? That I'm not, you know, I don't typically go to their things because it's just awkward, you know. Um, but um, yeah. But when it comes to uh, not awkward for me, but it's just just weird. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? But. Um, yeah, Holy Spirit, he'll cover you there, all that good stuff and you'll be good, but stay sensitive. The moment you feel like you shouldn't do it, don't do it. Titsville, Florida in the house. Thank you for watching, Daniela. I appreciate you. I know you can relate to me as a West African, I believe. Juju was placed on my older sister. Okay, how to get rid of this evil by holy means? Hmm, brother. Hmm. Man. Hmm. Holy Spirit. Okay. Um. Two things. Two things. Through love. Hmm. Through love and through prayer. What I mean by that is perfect love casts out all fear. 
Those who have been perfected by God's love knows how to love to the liberation of others. So when you love on her and you serve her um, genuinely while you face to face with her, but when she's not in the, because what I don't want you to do is to try to cast the spirit off a person and you're not ready to do it or cast that spell off of her and you're not ready to do it. And then it gets worse. Um, so when it comes to delivering stuff, I'm very tactical about it. I'm very uh, sensitive about it because what I, I don't want people to be set up for, because doing this warfare stuff is not something that you do without without wisdom, that you don't do without weaponry, and that you don't do without protection. Um, so what you do is, um, Holy Spirit, tonight, Holy Spirit, as I love my sister, as I pray for my sister, lead me in the way you see me fit in her deliverance and pray that God delivers her. Pray, uh, allow the Holy Spirit to help you pray in the spirit or pray in tongues on the matter and be a conduit that, that, that wedges out an opportunity for her to be reached and, and, um, delivered. What I don't want to do, I can't, I don't have time. I don't even have time or, or the, um, I don't have the time to really systematically lead you into a place of deliverance. Um, because I treat those things delicately because of the dangers that comes with it. So in the meantime, love her openly while you with her, love her, look her in the eye when you love her, let her know that, you know, I love you. I'm here for you. Speak to the real her. And in the and and as you work alongside the Holy Spirit in prayer, um, you will begin to see the weakening of the 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 spell or whatever on the person, and then God would then bring um the individuals or the the resources to break that spirit off her. Um, but um, that's all I can give you right now because I don't know where you are. There's no knock to you. I just don't know where you are in your faith. I don't know where you are in your understanding of warfare. I don't want to give you uh um. Uh, things to act on that sets you up to be messed up and make her deeper in her situation. Hope to help for you in the meantime, fam. Coach God, can God forgive a divorce and allow you to remarry again, even if your spouse still alive? Um, yeah. Uh, oh, let me look at that. Sorry, <laughs> I, I got so tired off that last question. Let me not just say yeah too quick. Coach, Coach, can God forgive a? Yeah, God can forgive anything, man. God can forgive anything. You know what I'm saying? And allow you to remarry again, even if your spouse is alive. Yeah, I mean, you talking about marry the same person or marry a new person? God, listen, God can forgive anything and God can put you in a better situation, no doubt. Um, so believe that. But um, divorce those are good questions. Um, I'm still studying that scripture, man. Let me let me let me let me just make sure let me hold off on the divorce stuff. Uh I know in my previous my and I, I'm not very versed in it right now. I'm researching what I researched was. Um, back in those, nah, let me, I'm too, my, my, I'm mentally drained right now to really put the, put the words together. So let me get back to on the divorce question so I can practically systematically, uh, give you what the word of God says and how it applies now to build up the faith that you need to make sure I'm giving you things accurately. Sometimes my brain is tired like that on stuff that I'm recently studying on. I may have studied before, but I'm trying to freshen myself about it. I'm very careful in how I deliver it because I want to make sure I give it to you in faith, knowing that I know that I'm saying exactly what God wants me to say and that it's rooted in God's word. Um, that's just that's a respect I have on that. So give me some time. But the good thing about the Holy Spirit knows the answer. If fellowship with God, the Holy Spirit can give you the answer today. You don't even got to wait on me to get it. I've been going an hour and 36 minutes, y'all. Samantha says, um, so for example, with events that may be culturally based, that play culturally based music, is it wrong to enjoy 
I understand the effects of music, but I feel like ethnic culture. Yeah, like I said, like that's what I mean about the Christ Center thing. Maybe that's what I'm trying to go with that. Let the Holy Spirit tell you. Because there are some cultural things that the Holy Spirit probably authored or gives an okay to. The premise of everything that I'm discussing here is everything begins and ends with the Holy Spirit. But don't but don't replace the Holy Spirit into thinking that you're mature to decide on your own. Simply fellowship with the Holy Spirit and he'll determine, he'll let you know what is okay to engage in and to enjoy. Like I said, music was used for worship, to help unwind, to warn, to warn, to welcome others. So the Bible gives us multiple different ways that music uh, was used. I don't think music in Nehemiah 420 and warning was Christ-centered. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so what I mean by that is music is a tool, but it has to be in the right hands. It has to have the right agenda because of just how powerful it is. So and the Bible talks about Ephesians, welcome each other with hymns and songs. You see what I'm saying? So, so culturally, that's culturally. When you welcome somebody, hymn and song, there's African culture, there's uh, European culture, there's Asian culture where you just sing songs that are welcoming. You see what I'm saying? So what I mean by that is there are music that are not Jesus, 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 but they are cultural, but they're, they're within the standards of true, uh, honorable, just, pure, lovely, honorable, commendable, excellence, and worthy of praise that God can enjoy with you. But when it starts getting raunchy and it gets into the lyric form and it's not conducive to, to, to the building up and it's just messing with you inwardly, outwardly, then you got to stay away from it. So the, culturally, that's a good question. Culturally, that's from there because the Bible talks about, and let me read it, Ephesians 5, 19. Ephesians 5, 19. Okay, it says, um, look carefully, verse 15, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. That's one of my favorites. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for this is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit of God, with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and, and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father. In the name of That's the same as Colossians. So basically, there's some culturally things where you sing songs and hymns that are welcoming for each other that are beneficial. But just make sure the Holy Spirit is allowing you to truly enjoy him while you're enjoying the music. Ah, that's all I got, y'all. I'm tapped out. Coach been going an hour and 40 minutes. I love y'all. Trust me. I just pray this, this was... Hmm. Let me work on the playlist because I made some playlists from a long time ago that I may have to go back through. Um, but I, I have a play. I have playlists on my Spotify. My nephew made a playlist on my Spotify. So forget the playlist on my, my, my nephew made on my page. <laughs> I got to make that proud. Um, but it's like little kid stuff. But um, let me work on the playlist for y'all. But in the meantime... Put the music to the test. Go a period of time without listening to music, but increase, and then within that time, increase your fellowship with God. And then enter back into certain songs, and you'll begin to see when you remove things out of your life, like fasting and way, staying away from things. I think the next question was fast. You stay away from certain things. When you fast and you and you utilize that time to redevote yourself or increase your devotion to God, then when you get back into certain spaces, you'll be able to, ooh, dang, something ain't right about that. I used to love this. Like, do you know how many artists I used to love listening to, but now I, 
because I got, I replaced that with God. I got more sensitive to him. Got to go, y'all. I'm a married man. So I got to go and I got to go to work tomorrow. So I love you guys. Y'all be blessed. I pray this was a blessing. I'm going to be doing a lot more teachings. Um, in the meantime, there's going to be still some Q and A's, still be some Q and A's, but I, uh, I think the Holy Spirit is, is leading me in a direction to bring clarity on cultural things, um, that are confusing the believer and giving you the word of God, the true word about it. So that, and, and tools and resources to help you grow. Everything that I'm saying is going to point you back to Christ and the Holy Spirit. So that's why I'm out. I love y'all. The Holy Spirit got you from here. Holy Spirit, I tag you in. I'm tagged out. Love you guys. Y'all be blessed. Everything you know about me is on my website, Iamunplugged.com. Iamunplugged.com. When this video posts, you'll see all the links in the description box. Um, Iamunplugged.com. Uh, six books, two card games, two courses, a place for you to give, donate um, to my wife and I's mentoring program. Um, just give if you want to support what I do here. That's cool. Uh, books, card games, coaching resources, 1500 videos here on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, all them different places. You can listen to all the, um, not all 1500 on those. Listen, I got to think about 300 on there, but, um, be blessed. Even when you listen to me, check it with the Holy spirit and let me know. Now, if you're trying to check me with the Holy Spirit and I go listen to what you're trying to check me on, I see that it ain't going to work. You know, I'm just joking. But for your own personal use, check it with the Holy Spirit. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. See y'all next time. Um, the video will post soon, so you'll be able to watch it again. I hope it was a blessing to you. Would Jesus listen to it? It's that simple. We ain't talking about the Jesus the world is constructing. We're not talking about the Jesus that man has made. We're talking about the Yeshua, the Christ, the Messiah. Would he listen to this? Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Peace.